Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Neil Howard, here on Health Professional Radio. Thank you so much for joining us again. In this segment, we're going to be speaking with Alexis Rodriguez. He's joining us here to share his personal story in order to help raise awareness for a very rare chronic condition known as myasthenia gravis. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Alexis Rodriguez. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Neil. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and then explain to our listeners what MG or myasthenia gravis is. Sure. So again, my name is Alexis Rodriguez. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis 24 years ago. And for the last 11 years, I've been in a leadership capacity as a support group leader, helping the community and ensuring that those that are newly diagnosed have a, a place uh, for information and love and care, as well as their caregivers. Uh, myasthenia gravis is a autoimmune disease, um, and it's a neuromuscular condition. So essentially, the communication between the nerves and your muscles is um, impacted by your own immune system. Your signal that your brain is sending down to your muscle is saying, you know, move your move your arm, move your legs. But that uh, junction, which is called the acetylcholine receptor, it's what your immune system is basically attacking. Mm-hmm. And therefore, that signal all the way through, you have fatigue and, and the muscle just kind of relaxes and it won't move. You say you were diagnosed 24 years ago. I'm sure that uh, there have been advances in uh, treatment, possibly diagnosis. I know that it is a very rare disease affecting about 10 in every 100,000 people. What led to your diagnosis? So it all started with double vision and droopy eyelids for me, basically what we call ocular myasthenia gravis. I went to a ophthalmologist who said, you know, I cannot diagnose you fully, but what I think you have is myasthenia gravis. And I wrote on a piece of paper and, of course, never seen those words before. Mm-hmm. He did say you should go to a neuro-ophthalmologist or a neurologist. I went the neuro-ophthalmologist route, and after a plethora of testing, <laughs> uh, I was diagnosed officially with myasthenia gravis. Were there any difficulties being diagnosed? You said a plethora of testing. Why was there so much testing needed? Because it is a very rare disease, uh, most doctors are not um, aware of it. It's the reality. And they, I guess, had to do blood work, of course, plus CT scans. I even had um, MRIs of my brain. I mean, there was a, a, every, every acronym that you can think of, I had one of them. You, you really feel like a guinea pig at, yeah. uh, at some points because you just they're just trying to test to eliminate, eliminate, eliminate until yeah. the they did one last test, which is called a tensilon test. They don't do it a lot anymore, but essentially it's a uh, intravenous medication and all of your symptoms completely go away, disappear. And you're like, oh, my gosh, you cured me. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it only lasts less than a minute. Wow. And then all these things come right back. <laughs> Were there ever any misdiagnoses? Uh, did they have to start from scratch at any point during your diagnosis journey? So for in my diagnosis, um, in my personal journey, uh, I was very fortunate because 
that no, that uh, ophthalmologist, very very smart doctor, mm-hmm. was able to from the very from day one start putting me in the in the path of this is what I think you have, mm-hmm. and then that neuro ophthalmologist that I saw at the time, she also a very uh, great uh, doctor here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. was able to diagnose me. Now, when you hear anecdotally from many many other patients in the myasthenia gravis community. It's the total opposite. Most patients go months, years without being diagnosed. The reason they're different, uh, and this is not the, the right uh, medical uh, wording, but they're different uh, levels or different types of myasthenia gravis. You can be acetylcholine receptor positive. You can be musk. You can be zero negative. You can be LR3P or, and there's a couple others. Mm-hmm. So those that fall in those different categories have a much harder time being diagnosed. Uh, I, I, I put myself on the easy category, which is the acetylcholine receptor positive, and my blood work came positive. But the reality is, because it's such a rare disease, that's not the one they're looking for. Wow. They're looking for other that are similar diseases uh, like MS and lupus and some of the others, but but myasthenia gravis is um, it's it's hard to diagnose. Let's talk a bit about your treatment options. How challenging is it for you and for those that you advocate for in getting the proper treatment once they've been properly diagnosed? Neil, in order to understand that, you you have to have a little bit of the history behind myasthenia gravis in. There, here are some realities. Over 60 years ago, or, or for the over the last 60 to 70 years, we've only had one approved FDA medication treatment specifically for myasthenia gravis. It, all the other treatments that we have been using, not this one um, in particular, are what we call black label. They're meant for somebody or for, for a different disease if they just happen to help or work for people with myasthenia gravis. So it wasn't until 2017 that the, the second medication finally came out. And then uh, a few years later, medication number three. If you think about treatments in other, any, many other diseases, they have dozens of treatments or medications to treat their, those conditions. We're on, we are on number three and, may, and now finally number four. So finally, the pharmaceutical communities are, are paying attention to this group, this community, and working really hard to bring us up to have additional treatments and options. Unfortunately, because myasthenia gravis is so rare, we call it the snowflake disease, we have where one treatment may or may not work for, for each patient because the symptoms are different, okay? Mm-hmm. So finally, we're, we're moving the needle forward. It's very encouraging that we have now several other treatments that have become available and that we, we have a little bit of a better hope on having uh, all these uh, available to us. And obviously, physicians are, are delving a bit more into this disease so that they can better diagnose and treat it in the future. Is there anywhere that you'd like to direct our listeners online where they can learn more, Alexis? There are several resources that are available where you can learn about myasthenia gravis. 
one partner that has put a lot of work for us is uh, ucb.usa.com. There's uh, information there that you can learn more about myasthenia gravis. And uh, there, there are resources that are available. There are support groups that are available. And that's what's important that the myasthenia gravis community understands that they're not alone. There are people like me, there are many other support group leaders all over the United States that are working hard to provide these resources and knowledge and tips and tricks on how to live your life, uh, have a better quality of life, understand what kind of treatments are available and understand that they, they are not in this black hole all by themselves. It's been a pleasure speaking with you once again. Learn more at www.ucb-usa. Com. Alexis, I appreciate your time this morning. Lots of great information. And I'm, um, I'm wishing you the best with your advocacy work and uh, with everything that you, uh, that you do. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Neil, for the opportunity. Have a great day. Thank you as well. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Alexis Rodriguez. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio.